Hey guys, Kirk Henderson. Welcome to an episode of Kirk Your Enthusiasm. Today I am joined by my buddy Anthony Irwin of the SB Nation Lakers uh, podcast feed and website and all over the internet. You've heard him here before, but he's back again. How you doing, Anthony? I'm doing great. I'm I I your name, which I have heard before of the show, Kirk Your Enthusiasm. I've heard that before. And it still made me giggle. It's, it's, it's still an incredible freaking name. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because people make fun of me because I post so many different names of a podcast in the feed. Mm-hmm. And like this, you know, most these live shows, you do the same thing. But it's like most, you know, at least your site has different people doing stuff. It's like me. This yeah. like our site is me. And I'm occasionally joined by Josh, who if he doesn't have to work, doesn't work. Um, <laughs> but you know, part of why we're here, it's, you know, we're recording on August 1st. I have no idea when I'm going to post this. I'm going out of town next week and I wanted to kind of have some things out there and we're just, this is the first time I feel like since the summer of 2019 that there's been true extended dead time, like honest to goodness, nothing happening, kill ourselves on the internet because there's just not like, Everybody's paying attention to football. There's no, there's zero basketball shit happening. It is wild. Uh, man, I, I, I'm jealous that you feel that way. Cause for, for the Lakers stuff, it's been, you know, it's every, every day or every couple days or so we get some kind of morsel of, well, the Lakers offered this to so-and-so and they and didn't that, offer this to so-and-so. That is precisely why I wanted to start this sort of mini <laughs> mini series with you because I'm probably going to try to talk to some of our different friends around the league. I want to stick to Western Conference because Eastern Conference just, you know, it doesn't really matter as much relative to, you know, where you finish in the standings. Yes, you play Eastern Conference teams, you play Western Conference teams three to four times, and it, it frankly matters more. And, you know, just, just kind of a, a look back and you can, you know, chime in where it seems appropriate for you so like the lakers finished last year 11th in the west and they were Mm -hmm. 33 and 49 they really faded down the stretch anthony davis was hurt um it was just kind of a season that seemed you know russell west yeah it was like awful from start to finish and you know as as everything with sports fans it's like you know even when things look terrible, you can find reasons in the preseason and in, in the summer before to get excited. But when the Mavericks, I'm sorry, when the Lakers sort of pivoted from what seemed like a potential trade with the Kings only to go get Russell Westbrook, it it was foreboding in a way that looks so obvious in hindsight for people who don't have, you know, uh, Lakers uh, purple and gold tinted glasses. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you, you, part of why you and I get along is like we both like, are very, are, we're skeptical of our team's decision-making, uh, I think, yeah. would be a way to, to call it. So yeah. just sort of walk us through what happened last season, and then let's talk about what happened this season or uh, this summer. Yeah, so they they made – essentially it looked like they were going to be making a trade with the Sacramento Kings for uh, Buddy Heald. They were going to send out Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell and maybe a pick. Uh, but they were, they were going out and they were getting a shooter because the team prior – was was uh lacking in that regard and right as you know it was literally announced i think Woj actually tweeted out that the the, the, uh, that was a deal that was going to be made shams tweets out about a minute later actually no the lakers have just traded for russell westbrook and it's always funny because Woj and shams don't interact at all like they don't (laughs) (laughs) so we were just sitting there for a second like 
mom and dad are fighting and I don't know what to do here. And, and so, uh, yeah, I, Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell both said that they thought that they were going to be Sacramento Kings that they had, you know, when those trades go down, it's not like we just hear about them and that's it. They had been hearing for a little while that they were going to be going to Sacramento. They were getting ready uh, for that phase of their lives. And next thing you know, they're in Washington. Now, there has been some pushback on that character uh, characterization of it. Um, some people from the Lakers have kind of said, well, those it, it's not like the, the Russell Westbrook thing just happened. Those were also conversations that were taking place over over a, an amount of time. And uh, but anyway, that's all kind of that all doesn't matter. What matters at the end of it is that the Lakers thought because of a conversation that Anthony Davis and LeBron and Russell Westbrook had that Russ was going to buy into some of the things that could make him fit better as a third best player on a team. And he didn't do those things. You know, the things that he promised, oh, yeah, I'll I'll work hard off the ball. I'll set screens. I'll cut. That didn't happen. I'll focus on defense. I'll play some defense. And, and that didn't happen. And, and I think while everything can kind of be traced back to that decision uh, in terms of why last season was the failure that it was, I think everybody involved handled their situations as poorly as they possibly could have. I thought Frank Vogel coached a really poor season. I thought LeBron was his most passive aggressive when I think the Lakers really needed hands-on leadership from him. I think they needed him to step in and tell Russ, like, this isn't cool, uh, the way that you're playing. He's not that kind of a leader. And, and then Anthony Davis was available for 40 games. And um, and for half of the ones that he was available for, he was a little pudgy. Now, some people want to call him bulky because he bulked up to play center. He looked weird. Uh, like, weird is the only yeah. way I can describe it because he was – he and, and Anthony Davis is an interesting pivot point. So I do want to talk about him more at uh -huh. length later, but it's like, for anybody that may not remember him in college, he was a generational athlete. His body was, he looked like the, the next kind of styled superstar. He was thin, but strong. Mm -hmm. And and it just, he looked very odd, like just like late stage Patrick Ewing. It was very confusing. Anyway, well, go he, ahead. Sorry to interrupt. He was, he wasn't very highly recruited coming out of high school. If you could see, like in his junior year, he was a point guard. <laughs> so, so like, and 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 somehow he maintained, you know, his hand-eye coordination. He maintained uh, his his foot-eye coordination. He he still moved like a guard in in mm -hmm. college, and that's what got everybody as riled up as they were on him. And you know, so there's there's essentially two, I guess, trains of thought here when it comes to AD last year. Some people. Those who are pro AD say that he bulked up to play center and that that affected every part of his game. There are others who uh, are, I guess, anti AD here because if somebody's pro, somebody has to be anti, I guess. Those people say that he looks slow in ways that just muscle shouldn't do to you and muscle doesn't affect your shot in the way that his seemed to. And when he trimmed down, we saw special AD. We saw above the rim AD. Like before he before he got hurt, he was barely getting above the rim. Like he was everything was layups. Everything was going around the defense, not through and over. 
Uh, it was it was just kind of when he would finish, he would just kind of do the soft lay in thing rather than finish anything really with force. So you would think if you if you bulked up, you would be doing more things with force. And he wasn't. So I am if I have to pick a side of this equation, I am of the opinion that he didn't like he, he won a championship and kind of said, all right, I'm good here. And, and that has been it since. Uh, I understood the first offseason that he wouldn't necessarily be in incredible shape because they had just won a championship a month prior. Sure, yeah, and they, the season just started up again. Yeah, yeah. and then and then he's he, everybody's expected and ready to go a month later. Uh, so, like, I, I, I don't really hold that first season against him, but last year, the way that he looked at the beginning of the season was pretty uninspiring. And, you know, I, I think this year is going to be really interesting. Did he hear all of the noise about you know, for uh, coming off of the championship, there was like, is he the best player in the league? Is he the best center? Is he, is he better than, I remember there was one day on Twitter where it was like, is he better than Tim Duncan? Um, is he Hakeem? Like, what are we looking at here? So you go from that to now I'll be interested when the ESPN, you know, releases their player rankings. Is he in the top 10? Is he in the top 15? Like, what are we looking at here with, with AD? And, and if, it's because of his own approach to last season. Some of it's the injury, and I think some of it's approach. So, anyway, uh, long story long. Now at this point, that's okay. They, uh, the you know, Frank, even while he had Carmelo Anthony at center for some lineups, uh, he was having guards essentially go over screens and guide players to the rim where Carmelo was waiting for him, which is yeah. just bad coaching, you know, and, and, uh, and the, the, all of the role players that the Lakers signed only monk really played above minimum vet minimum uh, status. And they needed multiple guys to, to outdo that. The Caruso thing was disastrous where they, essentially convince themselves that he is not a nine or $10 million player. They let him walk for nothing. And they instead bring back THT and THT was just flat out bad last year. So yep. yeah, I, I think up and down you, you, when you ask yourself, how can a team go from a championship team two years ago, still have the core of that team intact in LeBron and AD and now be on the outside looking in potentially of a play in heading into a season and you still have LeBron and AD a yeah. lot has to go wrong and everything went wrong last year. So now we're kind of, you know, staring at the face of an off season where the Lakers didn't like, they don't really have a lot of maneuverability. They lost. Um, what's his name up there to the Kings, which was a shocking Monk. signing Monk mm -hmm. who Monk was, I don't know if he was a bright spot, but like Monk was, is, is in his third best young. player last year. He's young enough too to where it's just like okay, there's something here. Like he he fits that sort of like X factor, and he left. And then you're so right now, as far as I understand, the narrative is just trying to figure out what the heck happens with Russell Westbrook because you know anybody that follows the NBA, we don't need to get into detail about it. But anybody that follows the NBA, Westbrook agent basically fired Russ because he's like I, I can't deal with this anymore. Publicly, at least, yeah, yeah, it's really an uncomfortable situation, and the Lakers are still. We've looking never to seen that before either. Ever like that was wild, <laughs> and that's not like crazy. a late like that. It's a Lakers thing. It's kind of a byproduct. It's more of a Russ thing, and. Mm -hmm. He, he's just a truly fascinating and not really a great way player these days. And, you know, I, I guess the first kind of question is, do you think he starts, starts the season on the team? Like what is going on there? 
So I would I would probably put the odds of him being on the team at like 30, 70 that that I, I think it's 70 for percent chance he gets moved still at this point. The Lakers still have options yeah. uh, to move him. It's just a matter of whenever they decide to move that second first rounder with him. Um, so I, I think if it really comes down to it, I think they do wind up trading him and two first. It's just a matter of which package they prefer. Are they do would they still have access to Kyrie? If not, do they prefer Indiana's package, which is Miles Turner and Buddy Heald? Or do they prefer Utah's package, which is like Mike Conley and Bojan Bogdanovich? Um, so it's like they, they, they just are basically at this point deciding on which of the bad options are they going to go here with? Because there isn't really a perfect one. If you trade for Kyrie from a talent perspective, you say, awesome. A, f- a first rounder, essentially, for Kyrie Irving entering his like age 31 or 32 season is incredible value. But it's something it's not- new. Yeah, well, it's it's also it's it's incredible value in a vacuum. But um, as Kyrie doesn't believe in the vacuum of space, it is not incredible value, <laughs> uh, volumes or, uh, value. So I, I, you, you're looking at a situation here where you're hoping that Kyrie recommits to basketball, or you're hoping that Mike Conley stays healthy, or you're hoping that Miles Turner and Buddy Heald stay healthy. So there isn't there isn't a, a path here that I think puts the Lakers into title contention. Uh, or, or, or not title contention, but they aren't going to be the title favorite in any way next year, sure. no matter what they do here. Uh, is but how seriously can they contend for it? And I think that's that's what they're deciding what those two first rounders are are worth. And I, I personally, I say give LeBron and AD a puncher's chance. Yeah, that's 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 all I'm I'm, right. I'm you really get, hoping. You get sixty five if you get. 70 games combined out of one of the two, you know, it's like you might not need to have more than 60 games with both of them playing, but you know, stand a pretty good chance with two very good basketball players in the floor. Um, Just essentially become that team that nobody wants to play in the playoffs. Right. right. That's, that's, that's the upside to this off season is can the Lakers put themselves back in that position? Because last year we said about lower expectations, like being a title. Yeah. being a five through eight team that that can punch somebody in the mouth in the playoffs mm-hmm. is kind of it's it's not more fun if you have a real championship team, but in terms yeah. of if you're coming off a really shitty season, like being the spoiler is fun. Yeah, no, I, I well, it'll be interesting because I don't know if you can ever not have expectations when you have LeBron on your team. So I, those two concepts are going to be kind of butting up against each other. But uh, yeah, I I, I think. This idea that you're heading into a season where getting into the playoffs is kind of the base level expectations. And once you get there, and if you do anything when you get there, that becomes playing with house money. And that's that's you know, that's essentially what my analysis is going to be heading in. The the Kyrie situation is funny because I keep on getting asked why why have why didn't the Lakers include their two first rounders early on? Right. And why haven't why hasn't this trade happened? And to a certain extent, I agree. Like if they had an opportunity to include two first round picks, one being to move Russ and one bringing uh, Kyrie back. I think that's a trade that you do. If you have to take Joe Harris. Cool. He's a great shooter. He helps LeBron be LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I personally, if they if if that was something that they could have done, I think they should have done it as soon as they had that opportunity. But I don't necessarily know that they ever had that opportunity, given everything that 
Brooklyn was dealing with at that same time, right? Like you, you have Parker, you, you have, you have your kid. I have, I have Avery. I'm going to have a second kid here, here in a little bit. Um, kids think that what they are dealing with is the most important thing in the world. <laughs> and, and we, as parents tend to have more important things than Disney plus taking a half hour to get from one episode of, of whatever kids show it is to the next. And so like, as, as we're dealing with whatever we're dealing with, Avery is sitting there saying, dad, remote, dad, remote, dad, remote. And I'm like, Avery, hold on. I promise (laughs) it's counting down. You have 20 seconds until the next Spider-Man episode. You're going to be okay. And, and, (laughs) and like, I feel like that's been Brooklyn this whole time is Kyrie key or the Kyrie keeps calling the Lakers keep calling. They're like, Hey, can we get this deal done? Can we get this deal done? Can we get this deal done? And meanwhile, the, the nets are saying, what like a top three player in the NBA just told us he doesn't want to be here anymore. This is the thing that actually matters. Let us figure this out. And then we'll come back and we'll debate whether or not the Lakers want to include that first round pick, uh, the, the second first round pick. And, I, and, and until we get the resolution on Kevin Durant, we aren't, I don't think there was ever an opportunity for the Lakers to, to make a Kyrie deal. Sure. Sure. So you're, if I'm hearing you correctly, your kind of expectations for this season is that something happened with Russ and then we can sort of soft soft pivot into having maybe not necessarily championship aspirations off the bat but a renewed sense of I mean you're the, like Lakers fans always have hope so it's probably just some expectations of a more entertaining like, season and I like and how you wins. say that like oh you idiots with your hope no it's not cuz it's it's like <laughs> It, it, when you, you deal with this all the time, it's like when you like Cowboys fans are like this too. It's like you, when you have such yeah. a massive fan base, you can always find a segment of people to convince themselves of yeah. anything. Right. And when you got LeBron and Anthony Davis, it's a pretty good pivot to an arguing point because it's like, I'm looking at the Western conference last year. So the, the Warriors won 53 games, Mavericks won 52, Denver won 49. Uh, I'm sorry, 40, uh, 48 jazz won 49. So it's like, that's three, that's four teams separated by five games. So it's like I bring that up in the sense of, you know, a lot of weird stuff can shake. So if you get an opportunity and like some of this is difficult for me to talk about, and I keep referencing this and I think it's a little bit of an underplayed angle. I really want to see it like my team's schedule. And I think schedule can be a very interesting determining point because the way they bunch games now where it used to be, you'd kind of have four games spread out over the course of the season. Occasionally you'd see back-to-backs. If you go look at last year's schedule, like the Mavericks played the Pelicans like four times in a in quick succession relative to 82 games. Yeah. And so like if there's opportunities in the schedule to really either get the shit kicked out of you or like take big steps on opponents. And so it's like at the moment, you know, I think sort of an expectation of maybe like four to four to eight for Lakers, understanding that, you know, injuries, whatever actually makes a lot of sense where it's like once you at least right now because if, if yeah. you get a particular package like i didn't really know that the lakers might be interested in that jazz thing like Brandon bogdanovich can play mm-hmm. even though he's 33 like that man at like i want him like the mavericks probably can't get him but like that's you know, you, you know and i i still think mike conley has something in the tank he was i think he was hurt in the playoffs so it's just you know it, it it's gonna be like injuries end up being probably the single biggest factor that we don't talk about often enough you know clipper clippers denver and who else uh clippers and denver were just like decimated by injuries yep. and they're gonna both be better anyways this year um okay so that's that's kind of an interesting 
you know, measuring stick for the Lakers because it's like so much has been focused on like what could happen with the deal, but you know, the, the basketball that they actually might play, you know, AD seems to be the, the single biggest X factor where if he looks different than last season, then it's going to be challenging. His shot is so weird because he shot like 40% from three in the bubble. And then since just hasn't really been able to hit much from distance. I, I, there's one more bubble related guy because this is, Mavericks, because again, this is a Mavericks podcast. I think my mm-hmm. listener is going to be irritated with me. But guys, there's nothing happening in Mavs land, and I don't want to. Well, I do want to. I do want to talk to you at some point about this Braylon and uh, Jalen Brunson uh, investigation. Like what? So, so I had. Uh, let's just talk about that real quick. Fred Katz came on my show a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Everything that's happening from that is actually not Maverick centered. It is the. It is other teams apparently yeah. very pissed about how this went down because. If the Knicks were to actually hire his good, dad, well, in that part, <laughs> see, that part's a little different. I like, well, let's put that to the side. Yeah. So the bigger concern seems to be that if the Knicks get away with this scot free, then the net, if they actually become decent, then they can basically tamper without repro- like yeah. they have to figure out a way to punish this because it's like, Lakers, you know, Lakers don't really tamper because the Lakers exist exist in Los Angeles. Like the city of Los Angeles existing is their form of leverage for players who want to come play in Southern California. Mm -hmm. New York, you would think it'd be a big boon, but their owner is a doofus and they haven't been able to win in like 30 years. So if they're able to turn it around, that becomes like a bully in the room that other teams don't want to be with. Like the Mavericks fuck this up. Like that's kind of what the answer. And so it's like, I every like fourth degree aggregation I've seen is like talking about the Mavericks complaining Mavericks haven't really like they've been really busy spent on letting us Mavericks fans know that Jalen Brunson wasn't a good long-term fit and we should probably stop complaining (laughs) um which in a 50,000 foot view potentially right but it still doesn't back away from the fact it doesn't back away from the fact that they still screwed it up yeah they could have you know anyways but I do want to know one thing. You can't lose you. that guy for nothing. Nothing. Right. Right. Like the, it's the... the Lakers with Caruso where they, mm-hmm. where they said like, oh, well, you know, $40 million is a lot to spend on Alex Caruso. It's like, okay, fine. And real reallocate those $40 million to somebody who can help you to the extent that right, like a connective. Did. He's like that, like, like Caruso is fascinating. Cause he's like, he's been a connective piece in an important way for two teams now because the yeah. bulls fell apart when he wasn't able to play. Anyway. Yep. Speaking of connected pieces, there was a guy that you did not like on the Lakers championship roster. And I had our our mutual friend, Damon Rangula, basically lecture. He said, you've been listening to Anthony too much because I I think the JaVale McGee signing to Dallas might be the worst signing of the offseason in terms of dollars spent. Not that he's a terrible player. It's just who else was one at 34-year-old JaVale McGee? Yeah. What did you think about him during his time with the Lakers? Because I've, I I remember, and Diamond told me I'm just wrong about this, but I remember like Lakers fans being pissy because they would start off games down because he couldn't really protect the rim. And then he just didn't finish games. Am I full of shit? It wasn't, it's not necessarily, it was a JaVale McGee specific problem. It said he's not Anthony Davis. So like oh, when okay. the Lakers, when the <laughs> Lakers would start, yeah, they would start these games uh, with a suboptimal lineup, and then you would get an optim- a more optimal lineup here with with uh, AD at the five and the additional spacing that allows for, and he's just a better defensive presence at the five than JaVale is. Um, and, and and like if if JaVale was basically coming in as the second shift in the first quarter type of center, 
And the Lakers already had some kind of a lead built because they started the game with an op- a more optimal lineup. Then JaVale would have been fine. I actually really enjoyed JaVale's minutes in a vacuum. The problem is that they all got compared to all of his minutes are just inherently compared to AD minutes at the five. Okay. And, and nobody looks good, especially that AD. Yeah. <laughs> that AD, was, the, the, yeah. the title year AD, you wanted that guy at the five as much as possible. So, yeah, I think of the Lakers centers that they have had, you know, during the LeBron era, uh, JaVale is probably not AD. Uh, he is maybe one of the better ones. You know, he's, he's I, I liked him. I enjoyed his time more than Drummond. Sure. Uh, I, yeah. I enjoyed. Interesting. I enjoyed. Yeah, I enjoyed his time. I think last year he was just a flat out better than Dwight Howard. So so that's worth pointing out. So I I, I he was signed for more than the minimum is my concern. That's the one that that right. Do I have that right? I mean, he based so that they had the taxpayers mid-level exception. Yeah, he didn't get all of it, but he got a significant chunk and it's a three year deal. He will be 37 by the time yeah. the deal is over. And People don't realize this. McGee has asthma. Like this is not, there's a reason he rarely plays over 12 to 15 minutes. He is Mm -hmm. not, he is not the answer at a center spot. He is a rotation player who will soak up minutes for you. Now that was great for the Lakers. It was like, he would go, he would play 15 minutes. Dwight would play 15 minutes. And then AD would come and wreck your world for the rest of it when he was at center. And like that, it was, it was that, that's how that worked. The only, the, the reason I found myself so frustrated with JaVale is that the Lakers would start these games down because he's not AD. Like he, mm-hmm. when he was out there in not starters minutes and he never closed. Uh, so when he was out there in, in, in a, in a vacuum, it was fine. But when he's playing against the other team's best lineup, like their starting lineup or their closing lineup, he tended to suffer. And like you're talking about, if he was out there longer, if if Dwight was in foul trouble or if AD wasn't available and you needed JaVale to go out there and play more than 15, 20 minutes, you would really see the precipitous decline right after minute number 20. Minute 21 was always a disaster. Okay, that's interesting because one of the things that we ran into as Mavs fans in the playoffs is just they started the year, and I kid you not, there were six centers on the 2021-22 roster. Six Mm -hmm. by the end of the year, they had moved on from two of them and signed others. No, no one worked like no one worked. They played at the end of the year. By the time they were playing against the Golden State Warriors, they were playing only Dwight Powell and Maxi Cleaver. So the the bigger picture, like kind of 82 game answer, the regular season answer is they need. That's kind of what I think McGee's point will be like he won't play in the playoffs like the Mavericks played McGee off the floor that's one of the reasons why I was so irritated by the signing like they yeah. played McGee you did this to him it was like the Lakers <laughs> the Lakers turned Russell Westbrook into a meme and then gave valuable players the way to bring like, in Russell Westbrook yeah so I think that's probably why I'm more irritated than anything McGee will actually give up because it's just like we watched Luca make the and granted Luca makes everybody look stupid so it's it's kind of it's yeah. kind of a thing but that's good to know so I, I'm 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 maybe I will warm myself to the McGee minutes. Like they did make a public declaration that he was going to be the starter, which kind of doesn't make sense to me, but that's a that's a different that's a different thing all around. Um I have kept yeah. you for longer than I intended to. Is there anything else that we should like 
touch on at this point in the summer? I mean, there's, you know, we're, we're kind of making a chicken salad out of chicken shit. Cause it's August no. 1st. And like, we don't get, we get, I guess we get Euro, Euro basket stuff coming up soon. Do the, do the Lakers have any international players? No. Okay. No, so they, have uh, fun with this. yeah. Yeah. They, I can just kind of sit back and watch. No, I, I, I do think the Mavericks are interesting because, you know, you lose a player like Brunson and, and almost more importantly, you don't get anything back. For, like, I, I think the loss of Brunson is bigger than the gain of Brunson in New York, if that makes sense. Right. Sure. And, and I think because of the loss of Brunson, people are really down on, on Dallas, but I, they're kind of one of those teams I, I'm, I'm watching out of the corner of my eye because I, so much has been made of Luca staying in shape and getting in shape and all of this stuff. And yep. there's even the, the, the beer image, right? The, the infamous beer image from last year's postseason. which look, I enjoyed, I, I myself enjoy beer and, and I think at some point in, in a player's career, they reach that, they reach that area where that noise gets loud enough and they want to, they, they either kind of, accept the noise and say, you know what? Screw you people. I am who I am. The Russell Westbrook approach essentially, or they listen to the noise and they take that step forward after, after changing the thing that everybody is hoping that they change. And I think if, if that is the direction that they go in here, uh, I, I really can't wait to see Luca pissed for the entirety of a season. I, that, that's something I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. And that's where this, because we started off the show talking about how we really haven't had an off season in years, and yeah. this is the closest thing to where probably the the twenty ninth or the summer of twenty nineteen, um, when Luca came in that year twenty nineteen twenty twenty his second year he he came in the Mavericks got off to a sixteen and five start. Yep. Since then they've started out the next two years pretty poor. Luca was out of shape both times, and I think that you know like the Mavericks won. After the new year last year, they went 35 and 12, which is mm-hmm. preposterous. And I, I've been trying to explain to people like they cannot win. Like if they win at a 75% clip, you're telling me they're going 61 and 20 or 61 and 21. Uh-huh. Like that's the Dallas Mavericks. Like that'd be insane. But yeah. if they get off to a decent start, can they win 50 games again? And to me, the answer has been yes. And a lot of that starts and ends with Luca because he was, he, he put up numbers and but it wasn't the same. It, even if you get into the like the numbers, might even the efficiency, you'll see certain things like oh. I just watched Russell Westbrook, dude. Like I know, yeah, I know what empty numbers look like. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little thing where it's like he still played really well, but he didn't play up to his own standard, and that's right. the difference. Mm-hmm. And so I think if they get off to a reasonable start, they could win. Like I, I have their floor kind of at forty-five games, and then I have their ceiling probably at fifty-five games. A ten-game disparity is pretty wide, and I have a fair number of fans that I interact with regularly who think I'm not being fair. But it's just having that much kind of depend on Luca is the challenging point. Whereas Brunson was the stabilizing factor. Like if Luca were to go down with a, a high ankle sprain and miss fifteen games, they're gonna have a hard time. That's duh. Like. One of the funny things, I saw something about the fact that the Ja morant uh Grizzlies last year won more games without Ja last yeah. year than, <laughs> yeah. than the Cleveland Cavaliers won without LeBron James his entire first run in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so it's like that, you know, when you got a superstar of that caliber, part of that is to be expected. Anyways, I'm I'm meandering along. One of my Mavs fans friends, I'm just tagging you in this tweet, just posted a clip saying, I don't know how Lakers fans sat through this their entire season. No, there's and it's, <laughs> it's it's it, it's a driving kick from Russ to uh to Dwight Howard for three. <laughs> Dwight was a better three-point shooter by a lot than AD last year. By a lot. By the end of the year, AD wasn't shooting him. No, I I, I I think Amazing. with the, the the funny one with Russ is there's that video that goes around every so often, especially every time there's the latest like morsel of news or morsel of rumors regarding the Lakers' attempts at trading for Kyrie Irving, and it's always the same like kind of two and a half minute clip mm-hmm. of Russ doing hilarious things in in a Lakers uniform, and it makes you like it, the thing that dawns on me every time is there's no replay. There's no like it's there's there's two minutes and 30 seconds worth of terrible Russell Westbrook plays in one year. It was it wasn't it. it wasn't it wasn't over like a five or six year stretch where you just had that one player everybody kind of picked on for not being as good as you wanted them to be. No, this was a single year and it's two minutes and 30 seconds. And I bet they left some there was some stuff on the cutting room floor. That's what's wild. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. You can find all of Anthony's stuff on um, the, what, what is the name of your, it's it's just silver screen and roll. Yeah. Like the, the podcast. Yeah. You get, so go to go just search silver screen and roll and, and you find all our stuff. We're really good at at SEO at Vox too. So it's like this stuff all pops. If you use like the right combination of keywords, it definitely shows up. You record, at least once a day, sometimes twice, even in the off season, I tried to emulate you and then I've ran out of shit to talk about literally. So I just sort of stopped. <laughs> um, one of, one of my favorite digs was another Mavs website that doesn't like me. Um, said at least I don't put out a mediocre podcast every day to where I really want to make that the tagline underneath, yeah. which is cause I mean, if guys not wrong, pretty me, <laughs> but <laughs> Hey, you know, there's a thirst for this stuff because we all like listening to, to things in the background. So thank you for taking uh, part of your day. And um, you and I, I'm sure we'll touch base uh, again during the season. Soon, as soon as possible. I always, I always love chatting. All right. Talk soon, Anthony. Have a good day.